This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Burnside, Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and this is Up in the Rafters, where I'm joined by Carolina basketball legend and 2017 national champion, Justin Jackson. Justin, Carolina plays against NC State. They win 80-69. to They go on the road to the Carrier Dome. They beat Syracuse 72-68. to Don't look now. Carolina has won 10 of their last 12 games. With a focus on these two games in particular, what have been your biggest takeaways watching this Carolina team? Um, I think for one, which is kind of my biggest, is uh... – just kind of the steadiness of RJ once again. Um, obviously, NC State, he had a big output as far as, you know, scoring-wise goes. But just kind of being that rock and the, the you know, when things kind of get going crazy, kind of being the steadiness of, of this North Carolina team. Um, I think also having Pete back more, you know, kind of in rhythm and, you know, playing his normal minutes I think is big. I love seeing him him being the initiator at the top of the key, whether it's going and setting screens or dribble handoffs or whatever it might be, I think brings a totally different dynamic um, as opposed to having to have Armando being up top, being kind of that initiator and him not being able to be down low and just dominate. Um, So I think him being back is big for them. Um, And then obviously Mondo just being Mondo, um, you know, him kind of taking care of that inside. Um, and letting everybody else kind of take care of the outside, I think is big for them. So it was good to see them for one beat NC state and then two kind of, you know, fight out that Syracuse game, you know, whether it was them making mistakes or whatever, them fighting through the adversity and kind of pulling that one out was, I think was going to be big for them going forward. Yeah. This, the Syracuse game felt like a game early in the season that they would have lost, um, where you have such an emotional NC State game and a physical game against NC State, or even a game last year early on where the team has a big game and then you're like, let's see how they respond, and, and they don't respond really that well. But I think this is a sign of growth from this team that they they handled the NC State game. They can go on the road to Syracuse and and still execute their game plan, especially down the stretch. You mentioned Mondo being Mondo in the NC State game. 
He sets a couple of all-time UNC records. He sets the uh, rebounding record over Hansborough, and he sets the double-double all-time record over um, Billy Cunningham. What's what's kind of your takes when you're watching Armando Baycott and and seeing some of the numbers that he's putting up and and passing some of the names that he is passing as as he keeps climbing up some of these all-time lists and now he's now he's at the top of a few of them. Yeah, I mean it's uh you know for one it's kind of crazy because I feel like we kind of get bored seeing the same thing over and over again. You know, like we're so used to seeing Mondo put up fifteen and. 15 right like like we're so used to him just doing that every single night that it's kind of like you it's just normal at this point but once you start kind of seeing him breaking records and you know kind of being the all-time leader in rebounds and double doubles and it really puts into perspective the amount of work that he has put in since being at North Carolina um, I think the coolest thing is you kind of you've seen him get better each and every year um and kind of a, a few different aspects. And so I think that's the coolest part is just kind of saying, okay, he's been doing this for a while, but seeing him still try to improve in certain areas, um, I think is kind of the coolest part to me. Yeah. And one thing you'll learn in the media business is when somebody gives a take, somebody else has to jump out in front with an even crazier take. Um, so I w- I've been saying that, and you have been saying it too, but Armando, he needs more credit. You know, <laughs> we're we're kind of normalizing this. Uh, UNC six man B dot takes it one step further, and he says Armando Baycott is a top five heel of all time. You look at the list of uh, all the UNC basketball players. You look at the names that are up in the rafters. Mondo top five. I- I'm going with Reach. Where where, <laughs> where are you kind of landing that? Hey, look, I love Mondo, and Mondo has freaking put his stamp at North Carolina. He really has. Um, But there's a lot of great players that have come through North Carolina. Like, top five, that's a stretch. Now, if they make it back to the championship and they win it this year, then he's got to be in the conversation as far as one of the best players to come through UNC. Has to be. Um, But I think it's it's tough because even I've played with guys – you know, even Marcus was, in my eyes, one of the best guys at UNC. And it's hard to freaking put him in top 10, top five, right? Like, just because of the names. I mean, we're talking MJ, Jameson, like, Sean. Like, we're talking, like, big, huge household names in North Carolina. So, but at the same time, Mondo has freaking, he's put his stamp at UNC basketball for pretty much ever. So, the credit needs to be given to him from the standpoint of the work that he's put in the time that he's put in um, and the numbers that he's put up while he's been there. I think it's for Carolina basketball. If your name is even in the like top 50 conversation, that that's a massive win. That's, that's a huge, huge accomplishment and a huge honor. Um, so he shouldn't even take people saying that he's not top five as disrespect. Like he should take the fact that we're still talking about him being one of the best to go to North Carolina as a, you know, as a, a sign of respect. But like I said, you can't take anything away from Mondo. He's freaking, he's been a monster. Um, and he just kind of keeps doing it night in and night out. And I mentioned it earlier, but Carolina has won 10 of their last 12. It looks like a, a more consistent product that you're getting 
from the Tar Heels on a night in and night out basis. What have you kind of seen that's led to more success and, and more consistent results? Um, I think it's kind of being that two-headed monster right now um, as far as RJ and Mondo. Um, I'm, I like just from a, a scheme standpoint, offensively, I'm liking how they're setting a whole lot more high ball screens for RJ and even Caleb at times. Um, to kind of get them in free space, kind of let them go and make a play downhill. Um, and I think that's causing more space to be available for Mondo to kind of clear people out for rebounds or even, you know, get deep post position. You kind of saw a few times in the NC State game, he would set it and roll and immediately seal. Um, and then he would have space to go to work. So I think I think that's kind of the biggest thing that I'm I'm seeing kind of game in and game out, like, just giving those guards space to kind of make plays, um, which then also gives Mondo space when he gets down low. So I think the consistency of kind of running that kind of offense and getting those guys involved in that way, I think is is what's been key for them. In the NC State game, the Wolfpack, they try to win it with physicality. Carolina matched them. What would you say the keys are to win a game when a team is trying to be physical with you? Um. I mean, you, you want to try not to change your, you know, your game plan too much for other teams, right? So you want to try to play the same way that you've played the whole time. Um, but when you know a team is, is very physical, mainly in the half court, um, for one, you want to try to get, get out and transition more. Um, and then like they were doing against NC State, just setting those high ball screens and getting guys into space away from people's bodies. When you start trying to, you know, be physical back to a guy that's trying to just be more physical than you. Sometimes that doesn't work out, but when you kind of use space to get, um, to get actions going or to kind of get downhill and get, you know, start using your speed against that. I think that's whenever you have success. And I think that's kind of what you saw against NC state um, was just Pete was setting the freaking high ball screen up by the logo and, RJ or, or Caleb were just coming off that and just making a play off of that. So um, I think that's, you kind of have to, you know, use your speed and, and kind of your smarts against guys. that are just going to try to be more physical than you. eBay motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive. That's all your own. Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One of the talking points from opposing coaches and opposing fan bases, I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, but has been the calls that North Carolina gets and they're shooting a, a ton of free throws. I looked at the numbers. Carolina has attempted 521 free throws. It's over 100 free throws more than second place. When you're when you're watching the NC State game, I don't think it was Carolina getting like favorable calls. I think it was just kind of their game plan to attack NC State. NC State has fouled the most in the ACC. Carolina has drawn the most fouls. So put those two together, you're going to be shooting a lot of free throws. Why is Carolina so effective at getting to the free throw line when you look at you know, the gap between first and second, even just in the ACC. Yeah. I mean, the, the biggest part for that is, is Mondo down low. Um, when you are going for every offensive rebound and you're posting and stealing almost every single play, you're going to just draw fouls by people trying to get in front of you or trying to box you out or those, those type of things. Um, so I think Mondo has to get the credit on kind of imp- imposing his will on the inside and causing those people to foul. Um, but then too, I mean, in college, it's tough when guys get into space, right? Like you, you, when you set a high ball screen on a guy like RJ and he's coming downhill against a big that maybe isn't used to sliding his feet side to side or guarding a quick guard, you cause issues for those bigs that are guarding. Um, so then you start trying to do different schemes to try to stop that. And guys are in positions where they're not used to being. And um, I think just causing those kind of advantages allow them to be able to draw fouls. Um, and obviously to, to North Carolina's credit, they've been aggressive as well going to the rim and then trying to, you know, get the contact. So I think a big part has to go to Mondo, but then just kind of the offense and the way they've been running it, I think is kind of causing issues for, for the other teams. And not only is Carolina shooting free throws at a really high percentage, they're making the free throws too. They're, I believe they're first in the AC in free throws drawn and then sixth in free throws made percentage-wise. What does that do for a team when you can get that many points at the free throw line? They were 14 of 23 against Cuse, and then they were – you almost have to – you know, squint your eyes to really believe this NC State number. They were 36 of 39 against NC State. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, you know, for one, the number of free throws that they shot being 39 is absolutely insane in the college basketball game. Um, I mean, you had two guys shoot double figures free throws, um, and then another one shoots seven. Um, So I think Part of that, obviously, the referees were a little whistle-happy at times, probably. Um, But at the same time, they stepped up and and knocked them down. I mean, 14 for 14, 5 for 6, 7 for 7, 9 for 10. Like, guys stepped up and and hit the free throws when they needed to. So, um, you know, all the credit goes to them and being aggressive and trying to, you know, draw the contact, get to the rim, um, try and get to the offensive glass. So, um, you know, hopefully they can keep doing that. In the Syracuse game, Gerard hit a three um, to put Cuse up. The score was 68-66 with 123 left. 
this UNC team, they don't flinch. They go on a 6-0 run to close out the game. They kind of have that, like, we've been here before mentality. How much does it help that this UNC team is an experienced, older one where it's hard to put them in situations that they haven't been in before? Um, You know, I think it's very important when it comes to um, – if you look at the whole situation in Syracuse, for one, you're playing in a football stadium. Like you can't, you can't get used to that. Honestly, whether you do 16 shoot arounds or, you know, whatever, you can't really get used to that as far as shooting the depth perception, all that kind of thing. So you take that into account. You take the fact that Syracuse played a really good game, um, especially down the stretch. Like they made some plays, um, you know, that, that ended up, you know, thankfully North Carolina was able to pull it out, but um you know, it, it, it was a tough game that North Carolina had to fight through certain adversities. And like you said, when he hit that up and they go up a minute and a half and they come right back with a 6-0 run, that that's just growth from the start of the season, right? And those are, those are the type of things that going forward into the tournaments and hopefully making the run back to the championship, you have to have those moments that you can remember and go back to in your mind. Okay, we've been here before, like – we've been down four points with three minutes left. Like we can, we know exactly what it takes to come back from this. Um, so I think, you know, that kind of game and being able to pull that out and have that kind of uh, opportunity, um, I think is going to help them going forward. One of Hubert Davis's points of emphasis has been getting Pete Nance more aggressive on the offensive end. You mentioned it earlier in the podcast where, uh, Carolina's running a few more things for Pete Nance specifically against Cuse. He was six of 17, not the best percentage, but he does score 21 points. And you kind of see some of that aggressiveness that coach Davis was talking about. He plays all 40 minutes, kind of that iron five um, type approach. But the question I wanted to ask for you is related to the 40 minutes. Huber Davis in his postgame press conference was basically saying like, at the end of the game, you you just can't be tired. So from a playing perspective, when you're playing that much, you know, what's kind of going through your head or is it just kind of like adrenaline that's getting you over the hump when, when maybe you're, you're any other time you would need a sub. I think this far into the season, um, by the time it gets probably to midway through the second half, I don't think you really even notice how long you've been on the court. Um, but at the same time, 40 minutes is 40 minutes. You know, like that's playing a whole game. Like that's that's tough to do. Um, so, I, I mean, if if Coach Davis, if that's if that's if that's how he says their approach needs to be, like they can't be tired at the end of games, then I guess they just have to get their mind right and, and maybe do a little extra conditioning at times. Um, but, I mean, I think Pete is – extremely important he kind of goes for me he kind of goes with rj as far as being kind of that um even kill type guy um for this team at times right like i I remember watching towards the end of the game i can't remember the exact time but syracuse was kind of making a run um and pete came down and i think he had like a spin to a left-hand finish um and it kind of like settled everything Right. And from then on, it was it was a battle. But North Carolina was able to kind of, okay, like we're good. Like now we can come back, try to get a stop and then, you know, keep this thing going. But I think for him, just being out there and being kind of that, you know, 
that steady force as well. I think that's that's going to be big for them. And Carolina does not have a game until next Saturday when they play Duke. Um, but in the meantime, how do you handle the long layoffs as a player where, you know, Carolina plays Syracuse earlier in the week and now they're not playing for a full 10, 11 days until – and then the game that you, you are coming back for is a game with the, the magnitude of a Duke game. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it is kind of a weird time of the schedule. Like you, you kind of get used to whether you're playing 40 minutes or not, like you get used to playing like every other three days or whatever the schedule might be for a while. And then all of a sudden taking a week off, like you really have to be intentional on, okay, obviously coach Davis is going to have a practicing, but as an individual, you have to really be focused on, okay, maybe I need to get some extra work to kind of supplement maybe what I would have done in a game or whatever it might be. Um, because then, like you said, you come right out of that and you've got, you know, a huge game coming out of it. So, um, you know, obviously Coach Davis will keep him sharp. Um, he's been through it as a player and obviously as a coach multiple times. So um, he knows what what you got to do to make sure to stay, stay sharp. But, um, you know, it is a weird dynamic, you know, going from playing every other day almost to, okay, now we've got a week off until our next game where we do. That is all we have. For this week, we will be back next week before the Duke game to talk more about Carolina basketball. We won't have games to talk about, so we'll have to figure something else in the meantime. But thank you to everybody who's watched or listened. And Justin, as always, appreciate the time. Always, man.